you're basically just constantly pouring out financially in hopes of being able to land an opportunity. And so you've got to have another income stream to fund that. You know, it's just like, it's a lot like startups, right? You know, they say, if you're going to start a business, you're not going to pull a salary for the first five years. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a lot like that. You've got to be able to meet your expenses in order to keep rolling. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Welcome. Oh my gosh. This is not like the Halloween episode or anything, is it? No, no. I just, okay. I just uh, didn't know what to say. <laughs> Why is this happening? I can't believe I just said I didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> a radio guy. He just, don't shut up. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, it's Between the Grooves. It's your weekly look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists and people in this industry. And I'm James Curtis. And I'm Drew Brown. And uh, we're otherwise known as JK and DB. That's true. You know, it's <laughs> funny because the, the JK is is the acronym for just kidding. It is. It's it like, is. Ha, ha, it's just kidding. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then Drew Brown is like the decibel. decibel it's it's right. for decibel. That's so right. uh, James Curtis, yeah, shut up. Just kidding. <laughs> Drew Brown, turn it up a little. So anyways. That's kind of what I think about whenever I think about the initials. I love it. Yeah. I love well, it. I don't. That's just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> hey, listen, this week's episode features a great conversation with Michael Cochran from Cochran and Company. We're going to be chatting about your calling, adapting to the current economic climate, which uh, obviously we've alluded mm-hmm. to over the last few episodes anyways, but we're going to get into that a little bit uh, with Michael and a whole bunch more. So it's a conversation you don't want to miss. We're going to get to that very, very shortly. Mm. But before that, it's time to check in with the community corkboard. Community corkboard. Thanks. Just to annoy you. Thanks. My, my and that thanks, if you can read in my voice, that's just thick. <laughs> thick with sarcasm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? Hey, uh, there's not a whole lot happening right now. But I will say this. Uh, I will I will sort of, you know, drop some things that I'm doing. Um, uh for a while, especially during the beginning of the pandemic, I was doing like a weekly, sometimes even, you know, a few times in the week, a show called The Lockdown and yep. Instagram and Facebook and just having some fun and playing some songs and putting my- Taking your request. Exactly. Drew Brown. Which was extremely difficult because most of the songs I did not know or never played before. Yeah, but luckily people <laughs> could request in advance so you could actually- practice and make it seem like you knew what they were talking about. So, some would. Yeah, that's some what would. I do all the time but, on the radio. But, but most didn't. Most <laughs> kind of like, play this song. Like, okay. Right, uh, right. Okay. Anyway, so I took a break for the last couple months. It's kind of, you know, I had other things to sort of, you know, to focus on and want to take a break. And also things were opening up. So I'm like, oh, people aren't going to be watching this. But I had a few requests all month and I figured maybe this weekend might be a good time. So I'm going to bring it back. One time only. We'll see how it goes. So Friday night on Facebook, I'll do a Facebook Live. If you don't know where I'm at, I'm at facebook.com slash Drew Brown. You can find me 8 p.m. And let's have a good old time singing together. 
Singing, well, you're not going to hear them. No, but, but you can, they just can sing assume along. they're singing along. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They sing and along. they can write in their comments that they're singing along. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Take some sure. video, take some pictures. Yeah. yeah. yeah there you go. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's still stuff that you can do as you've, you know, try to be creative in this in yeah. this uh, climate. And we'll hear more, as I said, from Michael Cochran and what they're doing. And if you want to write into the show, you can hit us up on social media or email us at between the grooves at faithstrongtoday.com. Yes, sir. I've got a bone to pick. <laughs> and it ain't with you. I'm picking the bones. Yeah, I got to say, Drew, at, at this time, health experts are recommending no live shows in bars, restaurants, and the coffee shops. It's yeah. due to the droplets from your mouth spreading. Makes Unfortunately, so, I hate that, but it makes sense. And and I don't understand at all, yeah. okay, about yeah, these yeah. droplets and how far they travel. Like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a health expert. I'm not a scientist or anything like that. But that's what they're saying. And right. so you have to respect people who actually know what they're talking about versus everybody on social media. <laughs> Everybody's an expert <laughs> Every, on social media. Yeah, oh my gosh. So you have to respect the authorities when they're, you know, suggesting that that is not a good idea. That's right. Um, so basically no singing indoors, which has impacted on the livelihoods of singers and artists and musicians That's right. That's all right. across the globe. Yeah. Now, I have a problem when I see, and I'm scrolling on my news feed, hmm. and I have a problem when I see a picture of somebody that I know living fairly close to, you know, within a couple of hours or wh- whatever from where I live, sure, and they're sure. posting pictures of, you know, Friday night at the bar with the band or with no. singers. No, 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 That's what I saw. No, 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 That should not be happening. I know it's not. I... Like, I, 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 like it, it gets me upset because the people that really are following the rules, they need it for their livelihood. Guys like you, guys yeah. that are in this business, you know, need that income that they 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 rely on that income in the summer months, and they mm. can't. Well, not even just the summer months, but but they do rely on that income on a regular basis, and they can't do it. And so somebody decides to break the rules, and it just it, it gives me a bad taste for all of it. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm curious um, because I know there's a few of my friends who are doing the bar gigs right now, and what they're doing is that um, at least bef- before restaurants were opened, um, the band or the artist would be inside, and they would pump the music outside to the patio. Sure. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. They're playing essentially to an empty room, just the staff walking by. Whatever. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but what you're saying? <laughs> this this was somebody's in the bar. In the bar. With the band performing in the bar, mics, you know, singers, musicians, like there might have only been four. I mean, it's the same with karaoke. You can't do karaoke. There's no singing this is it. allowed That's because right. of those droplets. That's right. I did see one post yeah. of a guy on a keyboard with a microphone and there was a plexiglass thing in front of him and i'm thinking yeah yeah that, that that's, works that's okay yeah that works they, they've yes. understood you know it's like walking into a store yeah, right and, yeah. and they've got the plexiglass just for your protection and their protection and that's what this singer has done i'm thinking brilliant you know that, that totally works you know making it work in your situation but when i you know another picture uh, that i saw of guys in a bar performing and it wasn't like a post from six months ago or remember when it wasn't right, one of those posts right. this was hey this happened on friday night yeah. we had a great time like Thanks. Thanks for ruining it for the rest of us. I have a bunch of friends in Nashville, and they know how, like, 
paranoid I am when it comes to <laughs> anything COVID related. And so they'd send me all these videos of like what they see as they drive around downtown Nashville. Right. And one of them was going downtown in Broadway. Broadway is their main street. That's where like a lot of the big um, hotels, uh, hotels, sorry, restaurants and bars and uh, the Ryman's just around the corner. It's like a really great, that's like the downtown core. Right. It is packed. I mean, there's barely any sidewalk space for any. It's just jam-packed. All the restaurants, all the bars, all the venues line up around the corner. All it, It's like the, one of the busiest summers they've had. I'm like, isn't it still like pandemic season? Yeah. I, I mean, something changed. Like, no one, social distancing? No, you can't. And inside the bar, it's like shoulder to shoulder, oh. full bed, like full... It's like nothing has changed. Right. And my concern is um, beyond the musicians, beyond the, even the bar owners, because I mean, two or three of my favorite bars here in Toronto just closed last week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and they're done. Right. I'm like, they're not reopening. They're not reopening. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like my favorite place is to be. Yeah. And so I'm curious, like, even as things be- continue to close, I'm really concerned about the fact that this is going to grow even more, which means. A longer stay. Yeah. I'm I'm wanting the pandemic to be over, and it's not going to yes, be over please. if we're all this is breaking it. the rules. This is my point. You know, we've got to we've got to <laughs> exactly. wear a mask indoors. I don't like it. And neither do I. You know, nobody likes wearing a mask, but we but do you, it. But you do it because exactly. you have to do it. That's right? right. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. So I just want this whole thing to be over. And when I see things online, like you know, bands performing in a bar situation or a restaurant situation yeah. or a coffee shop, that's right. When they're not supposed to, yeah. that just Mm. bothers me. And I'm saying that in a very nice way. On the other hand, if you own a bar and you're and you're listening to this, and if you want to hire me, I'll come in and break all the rules. No. <laughs> but but you wouldn't. You, you're I'm not kidding. a guy that would. I'm, I wouldn't. Like I'm, we I'm have, totally we have a, we have a sheet of glass between <laughs> us right now. We're in separate studios looking at each other because of the fact that we want to stay safe. Exactly. Right? That's not our preference. <laughs> no. Right? Of course not. You know, yeah. I'd rather spill my coffee on you in person. Thanks, right? jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just yeah. wanted to get that off my chest because uh, it's, it's just annoying and it's bothering me. Yeah, it really. And is. I just hope that people kind of come on, guys, just wake up. Let's. Yeah. Let, the only thing this, the only way this is going to be done and over with is if we all follow the rules and just get through it. You know, like, I know it's frustrating for everybody. You know, you'd love is. live music, and so do we and, all. And the weather's nice. You yeah. want to like get? I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But like you said, it'd be worth the wait, man. We just gotta like just follow the rules. We'll be fine. It just bothered me when oh, I saw that over yeah, the weekend. I got it. And, and thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Thank you. And you know, I feel so yeah. much better now. There we you go. Eh? Yeah. It's like therapy. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Come to Between the Grooves for your therapy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hey, but if you've got a beef, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Eh? That's right. Well, it is now time to get into our conversation <laughs> with Michael Cochran from Cochran and Company. You've heard their music. They're fairly, a fairly new band, uh, but new to us in listening, but they've been around for a while. Yeah. And we're going to get into the conversation with Michael Cochran on Between the Grooves. <laughs> I was just about to call you. Do you want me to call you back? Uh. Oh, I wasn't sure how it works with your uh, with your cell number and long distance charges and stuff. That's all. Oh, I'm good. I think. Okay. Thanks. You got a North American plan, I guess. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find- <laughs> <laughs> true enough. True enough. I mean, you you probably talk a lot on your cell phone when you're doing gigs, anyways, right? So. Yes, absolutely. There you go. So, 
I'd like to find out from you. I mean, you started a number of years ago doing this whole music thing, but I'd like to find out what it took to get signed with Goatee Records because that's no small accomplishment. Yeah, I, like you, like you said, I have I've been doing it a number of years. Um, you know, we had really built it up regionally, and I live in Indiana. Uh, we've been touring for uh, several years, and uh, we kind of built it up to where if a national act came through, more more often than not, promoters would put us on the bill as openers. Right, and uh, so we had that opportunity for lots of artists. Uh, pretty much everybody. And then Ryan Stevenson was coming through for two dates. And so the promoters put us on those two dates and I happened to, um, meet his manager who was Derek Bruner at the time. And, uh, he brought me down to Nashville and, uh, we just really hit it off. And he's like, Hey, you know, we want to work with you. Uh, you know, they managed uh, Ryan Stevenson. They managed seven times down and managed the newsboys. Um, so I was ecstatic. And, uh, Pretty soon we started taking label meetings. They were sending the songs I'd written out. Uh, we took a number of label meetings. And uh, Goatee was a different situation. We um, we had been set up with producers from different labels. One of those producers' name was Brian Fowler. And uh, so I showed him the song Church that I'd written, and we reshaped it a little bit together. And then he, he said, uh, you know, I think I'm going to send this to Toby. I work with him some. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe he'll come by later. And, but he said it in like such a way, you know, I was, cause I'd been to town before that and I'd written with different producers and tried and knocked on the label doors and all that. And, and just a lot of smoke was blown, you know, and nothing ever happened from it over the years. And so he kind of said that in such a way that I was like, Oh, that's not going to happen. You know, like almost like he was joking. And, uh, sure enough, later that day, uh, this guy gets out of a white car wearing a fedora. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, Oh wow, that's Toby Mac. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes in, he's like, Hey, you know, I love your music. I love what you're doing. And then we, we talked more and, uh, he, he was just like, I love your heart. And, and he said, you know, I know that you're working with uh, a lot of labels here, but we want to throw our hat in the ring. And he took off his hat and he tossed it on the table. <laughs> and I was like, uh, all right. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Really now, I've always cool. wanted to meet Toby Mac the same way, but I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know, man. You never know. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. The other thing I want to ask you about, I know you've opened, as you mentioned, for a lot of artists, but there's a collaboration I would love to see, and that is you with We Are Messengers. Oh yeah, those guys are great. You know, we we uh, were out on the road together on Hits Deep this past year uh, until the pandemic pandemonium mm-hmm. sat in, yeah. and uh, we came off the road. And there was talk of a potential fall tour with them, um, but I think all those plans have just evaporated and shifted into new things. But uh, Darren and I are friends, and I love those guys, and so I, I really hope one day we'll be able to, to hit the road together. I think that would be a blast. If I can say, and I've said this to Drew in the past, one of my favorite conversations on this yeah. Between the Groove show that I have ever enjoyed and been involved in was with Darren Mulligan from We Are Messengers. Um, I appreciate his heart uh, and his his work ethic, uh, his focus and his priorities. Uh, and can I say, if he wasn't doing music, he would be a preacher. Hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Anybody that knows him knows that's true. Yeah. Because he kind of is anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's what that's one of the reasons why I would I would love to see a collaboration. Like you know, it's one thing to open for the guy, but I'm talking about you guys doing a song together because oh, hey, just man, the style of music, awesome. like it, like his heart, but also you know getting you on the keys and you know just belting it out. Oh, man, it would be an amazing, amazing song. That would be special. Well, plant that bug in his ear as well. Okay. <laughs> that's right. Well, him and I text once in a while, so I'll send him a little note. Oh. There you go. That'd be awesome. Oh, a little bromance happening there, bro? Oh, not really. Just, oh, okay. you know, just he knows who I am. <laughs> That's right. I told you how we met. Didn't yeah, I? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. We met at yeah. a music festival and longing and, glances across the room. Well, from, it was uh, no, it was <laughs> it was glances because I couldn't. I didn't know if it was him because I had just had laser eye surgery and <laughs> and my right. eyes weren't clear. <laughs> my eyes weren't clear yet, and I and I had to show a picture on my phone of what Darren Mulligan looked like to right. my wife, and I said, "Is that the guy that's sitting there?" That's how it all started. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's funny. Oh, yeah. It's funny. So, yeah, he was, yeah, we had him on the podcast, I guess, two and two and a half years ago, yeah, maybe three years like ago that, now. Yeah. Like, we've been doing this for three years. We're, you know, over 150 episodes now and new episodes every week. And, uh, and you're one of the guys that we've wanted to talk to just because, uh, you know, from, from a Canada standpoint, I guess you would be a fairly new artist. But what, yeah. but what Drew and I both know is that there's a lot of work mm-hmm. and there's a lot of years that go under your belt before you become, you know, an artist that everybody knows. Like you've been, you've been working this thing for years now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I started playing uh, in 2012, I guess it was. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a process and it, it's, it's, you know, we've, we just tried to get the stuff out there and, and really it, it's it's all been god's timing because we tried to open doors for so long and they just would not budge and then we came to a place of contentment and god just started opening doors that we never could have opened <laughs> like doors we never even thought of right right and the other thing uh, that is interesting is you are you are the band and and you have a band i guess is the way to describe it um yes versus versus um, well, I guess, uh, are all the guys in your band full-time in the band, or are they just guys that you bring in as you need them, depending on the type of gig that you've got going on? So normally it's the same guys. We play all the shows together. But certain tours that I go on, uh, for financial reasons or for just bunk space reasons, I, I either go with one or two of them or just myself. Right. Um, but when we're playing our own dates throughout the year, uh, it's usually there's five of us that go out. And, uh, and it's the same, the same five. Right. And I, and I understand exactly what you're saying as far as the financial yeah, yeah. Uh, part of it. We had a chat w- way back when with uh, JJ Weeks and it was the same sort of deal with him where he, it was, it was the JJ Weeks band. Um, and uh, he just, it got to a point where he couldn't afford to pay all his guys all the time going on all these gigs. And so he just had to go kind of the solo act and then bring in guys as he needed them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's a lot of guys take that route and, uh, you know, it just depends on the tour that you're going on. And, and it also depends kind of on what the promoter wants and what the show is. You know, we, we're, we're pretty flexible with, with how we play. And so we get some shows where we're headlining and they're like, we want the whole thing and, and the budget's there. And it's like, great. Other times we're like, well, we really, you know, we want like 15 minutes from you and, and be cool for just you and the piano. I can do that too. Here we go. I don't know. I think, I think it's enough just to have an acoustic, concert with michael cochran there we go 
uh, just wailing away on the keys. Come on, if now. I can say the word wailing with keys, I don't think that matches. But it but, works, man. It works. Yeah. It still works. I'm curious. Like, so I'm I'm pretty new to your music. I, you know, just sort of uh, diving into it now, and it's it is really great stuff. I'm curious about like everybody has a story in terms of their sound, where their sound has emerged within them, like what what's influenced them, what sort of shaped their sound and their voice. I'm curious about yours. Like who were the artists or the people or the movies or the stories or the books? Like who were the, what were the things that kind of shaped your sound and your voice to become the artist that you are now? Oh man. Well, a lot of things. I'm, I'm like a melting pot of music. Uh, I think definitely my, my dad was always listening to Billy Joel and Jackson Brown and the Eagles and, and then like classic country, uh, like Waylon and Merle Haggard. And so all of that poured in, you know, and then Creed's Clearwater Revival, just all of that stuff. And my mom was always listening to like lighter rock and like the Delilah radio show, which would be, you know, like blue eyed soul and journey and some of that stuff. And, uh, all that combined, you know, when I was in uh, elementary school, NSYNC came out <laughs> yeah. and I was a pretty big NSYNC fan <laughs> you know? yeah, for sure. and uh, I liked the boy band stuff for a while. So, uh, there's a lot of avenues where soul came in. Uh, I got on different kicks growing up. You know, I just, I just loved music. I just digested it all the time. I got on a Bob Marley kick. I got on a Ray Charles kick. I got on an Aerosmith kick. I got on all kinds of kicks and, uh, you know, all that I think has just affected my sound. And uh, one thing, I, I soul music has just always drawn me in, and and I think that that's what breathes out of my music the most. I would say definitely can yeah. hear that. Definitely yeah. can hear that. Yeah, for sure. What about gospel? Would you ever cross over into the gospel uh, um, genre? Oh man, I don't know if I have what it takes. Because <laughs> there's a little bit of that. Like when you talk soul, uh, there's a little bit about uh, of that in the music as well. Like I can see some of your songs going, you know, getting onto the gospel charts. You know? Yeah, you know, I love that. I love that music. Um, I would say instrumentally, I probably vary more from the gospel, um, at least from mainstream gospel. There's a lot of percussion going on. There's a lot of. Uh, different types of like uh, keyboard scales and bass riffs and stuff like that. Hmm. But I I would love to, and I do, I love to bring those influences into uh, CCM. Definitely. Yeah. That'd be good. We need more of that. I could see, I could see him with a gospel choir. <sighs> um, yeah. Like just, just the keys and you singing gospel choir backing you up or something like that. That would be phenomenal. That would be fun. That'd be yeah. real fun. And we've, we've brought that in a little bit on some of our songs on a smaller scale. Right. Uh, but it would be awesome, you know, to just to go into a church and just rip it yeah. with, uh, you know, a 50-member choir or whatever, you know. Yes. Yes. Are you gonna Are you gonna get in on that, uh, Drew? No, I don't think so. No, I would though. I know. Yeah, I I love. I mean, that's why I grew up. I grew up on that stuff. So it'd be really cool to to not just hear it from him, but also incorporate it into my stuff somehow. I don't know. I don't know. When you're when you're writing, Michael, are you are you uh, writing all your stuff yourself, or are you uh, co-writing with with a bunch of other people? You know, with the relationships that you've developed with Goatee and and uh, I guess the writers in Nashville. I co-write uh, all the time. So in this season, I've written a lot more by myself. Um, but it's not uncommon for me to still call up another writer and bring them in on a song that I've almost finished just to tweak it, make it better, you know, really dial it in. 
but I, I love, you know, for, for the first part of my writing, you know, uh, I wrote by myself. I didn't have any Nashville connections. Um, I was still finding my sound, finding my voice in songwriting. So I was writing almost exclusively by myself. Um, but developing those relationships and writing with other people has really opened up my songwriting. And it's so nice to have a sounding board to bounce things off of. And uh, just the collaborative effort is great. And are you actually in Nashville now? Like, are you are you living there? No, I still live in Indiana. So you're going back and forth all the time. Yeah. So in th- in this season of life, it's it's kind of cool because everybody wants to FaceTime, right? Yeah. I've yeah. actually got one here in a few minutes, and uh, so I don't have to even drive to Nashville. I just hop on my phone, so that's been nice. But I'm only three hours from Nashville, um, so it's it's pretty doable. I'll drive in in the morning and have a right, and then I'll come home that evening. That's good. That's good. Have you, have you learned any really cool? Well, really, I'm sure you have. What lessons have you learned about writing in this in this season? Like, especially when it comes to co-writing, because that's a whole different monster. Um, it's a beautiful one, but it's definitely you know it definitely um, asks more of you as an artist and as a human. So, uh, what, what kind of cool lessons have you learned? I've learned to just be humble, you know. Uh, and 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 open-handed with ideas and concepts and stuff because you know you can be a, you can get in a writing room where you're afraid to like even contribute or say stuff for fear of you know if it's gonna be stupid or or whatever and you can also be so bullheaded that you don't hear other people's suggestions yeah. to stuff you know there's been times you know in earlier days of writing where I had this song and I just thought it was awesome and I bring it into a write and people would try to you know help shape it more and I just wouldn't budge. And looking back, those songs could have been so much better mm-hmm. if I would let other people contribute. So I think just really, just really realizing that everyone in the room has has something to offer, uh, you're just going to get a better product. Uh, now, if I was in the room, I wouldn't have anything better to offer. I'd be I'd be throwing in some suggestion that's right and left left field that's totally not relevant, and people would just look at me strangely. You know, why are you here? <laughs> That that would be me, well, and that ha- we all do that sometimes. But yeah. you know, like kind of the the old saying, you know, it's like say every bad idea because it could give somebody else a good idea. That's you know, right. you may say something that's just so dumb, but there may be a nugget of gold in it that another guy in the room can mine and be like, you know what? That's not the way to say that, but you're on the right track, and it can really spur everything. And I've, I've seen that happen multiple times where you shoot out an idea and it's it would really tank the song if it stayed in, right. but but it makes somebody else think of something and then the song just opens up and goes this new direction and it's, it's like a really cool thing. So you mentioned that uh, you've been doing a lot of songwriting in this season. Uh, it, 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 a lot of artists write lots of music, but how much of that music actually materializes into a recording like of that song or you know, an album of that music? Oh gosh, you know, I would say depending on who the artist is, like how much they're writing, I would say so much of it. Like for me, I know, just for example, when I came on to Goatee, I had almost a hundred songs on my catalog that they that came with me. Uh, and of those songs, I think people have heard five of them. Right. <laughs> you know, and then since I've been on Goatee the past year and a half, two years, or however long it's been, uh, I've written probably another 40, you know, and you know how many songs, I mean, you can see on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, how many songs I put out and it's, you know, like six. So there's, you, you're just constantly writing and you're constantly beating the song that you just wrote, hopefully. 
And so there's so much effort that gets shelved or tabled or, uh, you know, some of my songs are getting cut by other artists, hopefully soon. Um, so, uh, but a lot of it just stays and artists, I mean, it's not like they're gone forever. Artists pull back from songs. You know, I've heard Matthew S talk before about how, you know, he'll have a song and he may shelf it for five years right? and then, and it just becomes so relevant to then and then it comes out. So, uh, but I do think that artists are sitting on a lot of great songs that people may or may not get to hear. Toby just put out uh, an EP during this kind of quarantine season of what he called the Lost Demos, which is exactly that. It's really great songs that didn't make albums and nobody heard them. And so now he's releasing them so people can hear them. So I, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff out there that, you know, and, and a lot of it's just the way the industry works, the way radio works. Radio hangs on to songs a long time in our industry. And so, you know, you're not getting to put out a ton of songs in a year. Uh, and just the way album sales have gone now, you know, you've got to be really strategic with when you release music and how you release music. And, and uh, But I think it's always been that way. I think artists have always had just a lot more songs they write than what people get to hear for better or worse. Yeah. yeah. You're right on the radio perspective. And, and, and the reason why is because you, you got to let your audience, the radio audience learn the song and appreciate the song. And, Absolutely. And if you only play it a few times, they, you know, they just won't know the song and, and want to listen to it on, on a streaming service or whatnot. So, yeah. And I, 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 lo- I, you know, there's, there's, from the artist side, there's pros and cons to that, but the pros far outweigh the cons, I think. You know, I mean, one day was on the charts for eight months. That's a lot of time for people to learn it and to hear it, uh, and that's awesome. And I, and I feel that when I play live. I feel that people know the song so well, and that would not be possible without the strategy that Christian Radio has, so I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. And I also appreciate what you had to say about the 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 lost um the lost demos the lost demos yeah. we we have in in on our library of between the grooves we have the lost episodes where oh, yeah. we've got you know certain so once many. in a while once in a while we'll have a conversation with somebody and <laughs> you know sometimes the the reception is bad or the phone line is really bad and they keep cutting out and and yet we have this amazing conversation with them but we can never release that episode because mm-hmm. the the quality is just not up to our standard of of what we want. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. and it's so disappointing and I've said to our producer, you know, one of these days we need to have, you know, the lost episodes. Maybe we, you know, a, a limited time release or something like that that we release these things and people understand the reason why we're releasing it as we are because it's not a regular episode, it's just because of, you know, quality or whatever else. Yeah. We've had other right. times where we have a great conversation with somebody and then all of a sudden their phone just drops and they're gone we had that with uh, zach williams once he was actually uh prepping for a concert he was on location uh he fin- just either just finished the sound check or was about to do a sound check and chatting with him great conversation 15 minutes in his his phone just drops and he didn't call back because he had another phone call to do anyways that's right and we actually made it work we we actually incorporated it into one of our episodes and nobody until now knows that you know the call was dropped they just thought oh this is a special episode where we brought him in plus another artist and we chatted with both of them together yeah no that wasn't really the case it was because you know we tried to make it work and you know he's a great guy to chat with so and how the world knows now, now the world knows. Now the world knows. Now, the now world they know. Knows. Now everyone knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the so nice thing is, so you've got this catalog of a bunch of songs, and you say about a hundred songs that have never seen daylight. Right. Yeah. 
So you could yeah. basically sit on your hands for the next five years and just. <laughs> no, I guess not, eh? No. Yeah, I, you know, uh, of those hundred songs, not all of them are worth people hearing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll put okay. it that way. You know, I I wish it were true that we always came away with winners after a write, but uh, sometimes they're just duds, <laughs> and so they deserve to sit in a notebook. You know. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's would be. That would be the typical creative person. They're always coming up with ideas, whether it's music or not even the music world, but you're always coming up with ideas and some see daylight, some never do, mm-hmm. uh, but you're continuously creating, ongoing right. all hopefully, the time. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's well, you, you do, Drew. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want. Like yeah. Sometimes there's seasons where you don't, and that's unfortunate, but the idea is, yeah, always be creating, and especially if you're creating for the purpose of like you know releasing things, you want to make sure that your latest creation is hopefully better than your last one. There's always like a, like a fun competition within yourself. Like you want to make you know, every line better than the last one, better than the last song, better than the last. And so that's, yeah, always be creating. But like for me, like I haven't actually put pen to paper in months and that's fine because when I do get back to it, it's going to be, I have a lot of ideas stored and so I can't wait to get back to it. But yet, oh, that's great. yeah, so that's, that's the seasons of the art of an artist. Sometimes it's, it's raining and it's everything. Sometimes it's dry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's why it's so difficult for guys uh, to write really great, happy songs. <laughs> because right. because right. when you're happy, you're not writing; you're living life. You know, like you're. Yeah, yeah. To me, I'm on the like in in great seasons of life. I'm on the golf course. I'm whatever. You know. Yes. Uh, it seems like you're always alone in a writing room in more somber times, and so that's what cranks out. So you really got to be intentional to write songs about joy because you're not always writing them when you're feeling joy. That's true. It's <laughs> interesting. That's, That's a good really point. interesting. That's a yeah. really good point, man. Never heard it from that perspective, yeah. but that is so true. Um, you've got, uh, it, obviously you must have some strategy in the way you release music. Yeah. Yeah. We have been putting out to this point singles, um, trying to build the demand and build the market up for a record which uh, we're getting close on, I think. The goal was to have a record release this fall for some tours we had coming up, but it looks like those tours may be pushing off to spring. So I think we're gonna uh, release the record maybe first of the year uh, around a potential tour. And so we're gonna be going back into the studio soon and wrapping up an album, which is gonna contain a lot of the singles you know, that we've put out so far. Um, but we just sent another song uh, out, I believe, to radio for ads in August. So I'm excited about that one. That'll be my third single. Uh, I'm just really, really, really pumped about the message, pumped about the sound sonically. I think it just moves me to a, a broader place. And I'm, I'm just really pumped. What's the name of it? It's called Who Can. Hmm. Who Can. Okay. Uh, who Can with a question mark or? No question mark. No. no. Question. Okay. Um, you got to ask, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I like your strategy of uh, pushing out singles and then incorporating the singles into a record. I mean, from a cost perspective, it's more effective to do it that way anyways. And that seems to be the way the industry is has been heading towards for some time. Absolutely. You know, a lot of it revolves around, I think, managing risk on a label side. Sure. Um, you're bringing new artists out into a, a sometimes a volatile marketplace you know you just never there's so many changes over the past decade and a half in the music industry so 
so I definitely think uh, fiscally, you know, it makes more sense than than to take an artist and and you know drop seventy thousand dollars on a record uh, from the gate, and then the artist is just swimming, uh, you know, upstream the whole time trying to catch up on that, rather than releasing singles and uh, building a market at the same time. Uh, so you're not just loading them up with this burden of recoupment and all of that, you know. And that's with a label. Can you imagine if you're independent and you've got to fork over the dough for for just a, even a single? I know. And then, and, you know, the promotion side of that, if you're trying to independently release it to radio, all the costs that come with that. Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, that's what a lot of people forget about. Right. Right. Cost X amount of dollars to actually produce and record a song. That's right. Let alone getting it out to radio and promoting it and getting it, you know, marketing that song. That's a, right. that's a whole other expense that people probably, I, I would say artists, especially newer artists, wouldn't even fathom or even think about. Right. Yeah, because I, I think in today's world, you can you can potentially make a career without a label, but you cannot do it without a team. Yes. You know, and so you're you're still you're you're either going to be the one that's footing all the bills, or you're going to have a partnership with a label that is helping with that and and helping with with the direction of that. You know, and, and uh, but you just can't you certainly can't do it alone. You've got to have a great team, and I'm so thankful for the team that I've got. They're just from top to bottom. They're fantastic uh, in the. I'm so glad that, that, that God brought our past together. So you're the front man for Cochrane and Company, and you said you when you when you travel and you're doing the big, big shows, you've got five other guys that are part of the band. How involved are they with the day-to-day stuff with the band? So at this point in time, they're not very involved. So these are people, uh, a lot of my band members are guys that have played with me for years, and they're from Indiana, and, uh, you know, we've all worked other jobs up to this point. I'm a worship minister at a church. So there's a lot of flexibility and freedom there to tour. Uh, I'm just thankful for, for the church and how they see it. Um, but like a lot of my other guys, one of my guys works in a Toyota factory. Uh, one of my guys works uh, for the government as, as social work. So, uh, you know, we're at this weird crossroads now where they've played with me because we've been weekend warriors up to this point. You know, we, we play regionally, uh, we go out travel. And now just in the past year and a half, everything has shifted to full on tours and West coast runs and, and just national all over the place travel. And so I would say that there'll be coming a time where I'll have to move a little bit more into musicians who are able to do that and desire to do that. Um, some of them will come with me, I think, but some won't be able to. But uh, they're not super involved in the day-to-day, but they've been so supportive of the music and so supportive of, of Cochran and Company. And I certainly, I just would not be where I'm at and we would not be going where we're heading without what maybe might be like the first generation of, of band members, you know. Um, uh, my wife is in the band, so obviously she's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> She'll You're fired. Me, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She might fire me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I'm so thankful for their because you know they're they're my they're my best friends. You know, right. and so we'll always be friends, and they'll and they'll always be a part of the picture. You know, uh, as far as that goes. But I think that you know as this has grown, I think dreams and aspirations have changed uh, into their mind. You know, just with where they're at in their lives. Um, but it's 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 still been great to have their support. 
You know, it's very refreshing to hear, especially when you consider there's a lot of, you know, artists, a lot of musicians, a lot of singer songwriters that are trying to make it in the industry and they've had to work other jobs. And sometimes, you know, I I look at myself before I was working back in full-time radio, I was doing radio on the side. So I had a full-time job and I'm thinking to myself, is it even worth it? Because I've, I've got to, you know, work this full-time job to put food on the table and pay the bills and support my family. And yet I want to do this radio thing. How long do I have to do this before it can be a full-time thing? And, and yeah. how does that, I mean, that speaks to artists all the time where I, I, you read online of, you know, people that we've had on this, on this show where, you know, they've got other jobs on the side and there's, there's no negativity in all of that. That's what you have to do, especially given the fact in this industry, the amount the artist makes is less and less because of, you know, streaming services. You don't make, you know, big dough on that. Uh, the fact that, you know, you're making money on airplay, whether it be radio or on a streaming service or on Apple or whatever else, less people are buying albums. They might just buy a song or they might just not buy a song because they can just stream it whenever they want. Right. And they just subscribe right. to the streaming services. So there's less money to be made. And so now you're relying on, as you say, concerts and merch and whatever else to make ends meet. Um, it's refreshing to hear you say that the, they've got other gigs, whether it be at the Toyota factory or working for the government. Yeah. You know, um, and I think there's a, that's, that's the case for a lot of, um, especially a lot of, um, like band members, like, like touring musicians, you know, they've all got something that they're doing off the road. And most of it involves around the music industry. There's a lot of producers, right. uh, a lot of them are songwriters, a lot of them are session musicians, and a lot of them serve at churches as well in those capacities. Um, but you, you, you know, it's especially right now. I mean, there is no shows. I mean, just, we're just now getting back into some in a new format with these drive-in shows. But there, there's, there's not even that touring revenue for a lot of these guys and for touring musicians, you know, who are hired guns or whatever. They're, uh, that's all that they do, you know. Um, so see, there's, there's certainly, in my mind, at least there's no shame in doing something else if you need to, you know? Uh, and, and like for me up until the past year and a half, that's how I funded what I was doing. Because when you're trying to, when you're trying to be an artist, trying to, to, to gather attention in the industry and just in, in the, the fan base, you know, you, you're playing shows that may not pay, you know, you're, you're doing things that there's no back end on. And so, uh, you're basically just constantly pouring out financially in hopes of being able to land an opportunity. And so you've got to have another income stream to fund that, you know, it's just like, it's a lot like startups, right? You know, they say, if you're going to start a business, you're not going to pull a salary for the first five years. You know, (laughs) it's, it's a lot like that. You're starting this fledgling business in some ways. Uh, and, You've, you've got to be able to meet your expenses in order to keep rolling. Yeah. I mean, this is that's the story of your life, isn't it, Drew? It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's it's tough. And you got to, it's, I was talking to a couple artists the other day and uh, I was like, it's all about the long game. Like, it's really all about like how, it's it's never about the quick fixes or the quick, the easy path. But at the same time, you got to be smart. You need to always be asking, is this working? <laughs> right? And, yeah. and, 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 and is, there, is there an end result? And is, 
That's right. You know? And so every year I would ask myself, I would say, okay, so I've made this much, I've done these amount of shows, is this worth continuing? Um, because I mean, like, you know, because there's you know travel time away from the family. There's this. There's the ups and downs of being an artist. Sometimes you know, sometimes there's a great amount of like stability, and sometimes there's none whatsoever. Is it worth drought or flood? Isn't it? You know, it like, really is, right? And so it's, 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 either, worth... it's either like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that these revenue streams existed. Exactly. And then it's like another another month goes by, and you're like, I mean, I, I at this point in time, I would sell my couch, you know, for. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. for real. And so it's like, okay, so what's, is it worth the stress? Is it worth the stress on the family? Is it worth, so you got to like really like line up and go, okay, how much is this worth? And how much is this kind of like, no, this is, we're, we're growing something, we're building something, we're seeing progress. Um, and so it's really all about like checking in those facts and figures and really sorting, okay, is this worth doing? Yeah. Um, so. and, you know, and I think we can't discount, you know, another side of this, which is, you know, uh, a call. Right. Exactly. You know, I, I, my wife and I, we just felt, we just felt called to this. Um, and, and, and when you feel that way and when, and when God kind of shows you that or, or, you know, whispers that into your heart or, or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call that, you know, that, that carries a lot of weight with it too, because sometimes you look at numbers and from a, from a pure fiscal standpoint, it may not make sense, but you're like, but I know that I'm supposed to step out into this. That's right. That's and right. you just trust that God's going to provide. We're not. We're not right. talking about faith now, are we? I mean, <laughs> I don't know we if I can do be, that. We may be. We may be dipping into that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's been for us in this season. You know, we we came off the road and we were like looking at the numbers and we're like, okay, wow, we are. Looks like we're going to lose X amount of dollars this year uh, from from not touring and from oh. not having these opportunities. And then God has just brought in other ways and he's just provided for us, um, through things we didn't even know were coming, you know, uh, royalty checks here or whatever. And God's just taking care of us. And it's just affirmed to me further that like he has called us to this and he's called us to, to this for this season. He may call us something different next season, you know, um, but it gives, it gives me a trust and a confidence and an opportunity for me to put my money where my mouth is, you know, cause I go up on stage every night on tour and I'm like, you know, trusting the Lord, trusting the Lord. And he's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. Hmm. And then things like this pandemic happen and, and more uncertain times. And it's like, this is an opportunity for me to, to taste the medicine that I've been giving people. And, and that is the medicine of Christ in faith. And am I going to believe that for myself? And, and from my perspective, looking from the outside, um, I've been quite, um, impressed if i can say with how artists have adapted to the pandemic mm. you know what they've done to either compensate financially or compensate you know with their time because they don't have gigs and concerts they're going to mm-hmm. i mean drive-in shows yeah who would have thought yeah yeah i mean that's that's brilliant yeah you know, was it was it Toby that came up with that idea? Because I saw, you know, it's obvious. Like the last few years, I've kind of got into the drive-in movie theater thing. 
Uh, there's a drive-in movie theater probably about 20 minutes, half an hour away from my place. And I just thought about it one day. It's like, oh, they, they've got movies playing there. I remember going as a teenager. It was a, it was a blast. And, and they're kind of, you know, over the last few years, in my opinion anyways, they've kind of made a comeback. But to make a comeback as a venue for a concert, and who came up with that idea? That's great. That's awesome. You know, I don't know exactly who came up with it, but I know that Awakening the Bits had a lot to do with it. Um, they're, a, they're a promoter uh, that we work with a lot, Toby works with a lot. Um, so I know that they were very involved in this concept and it's really taken off. I mean, they're, they've got four or five tours going out in this style. And then now you just, you see major country acts uh, in the U S yeah. taking this format on. Sure. And you got to yeah. wonder Garth like, Brooks. did they see some promotion and go, Hey, that's brilliant. That's right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And, uh, yeah. So it's like, I don't know if I, I wish you could patent a concert idea. <laughs> you know, for their sake, because they would have probably come through really well on it. It's a great season for it. I mean, weather-wise, it's the summertime. Yeah, totally. and and the other part of it, it is, you know, I mean, I I was planning over the next few days. You know, I've got the uh, uh, in Canada, it's the Canada. Hang on a second, I got to write something down. I've I've just made a date reference here, and I I have to write that down because uh, this will air afterwards. But uh, when you talk about the summertime and you know long weekends, beautiful right, weather, right. and because of the COVID nineteen pandemic, no new movies are playing at the drive in theater. Like no new new movies are being released to theaters because the theaters themselves aren't open. So yes. either you're going to watch a rerun at the drive in, or you're going to go to a concert. Hmm. I yeah. think I'd love to go to a concert. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it comes at a time, you know, when there's literally nothing else to do. Yeah. So people are willing to try something new. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, I, I don't know what this is going to be like, but it beats sitting at home. So right. I'm there. And how's that experience been for you, Michael? It's been so fun. Uh, we, I think we're six shows. We just did six show last night and we got this week off for the fourth and then uh, we'll go back out. Uh, but, it, but it's just awesome it's so fun to see people roll up uh you know they're like tailgating basically yeah it's like uh, a tailgate we, party we've been yeah. in the south yeah yeah we've been in the south lately uh you know south tennessee and mississippi and so there's been like more pickup trucks than i've ever seen in my life yeah. <laughs> and everybody's just sitting in the back of their pickup trucks you know and, and it, it's a party and it's awesome and it's hot uh and, and it's there's bugs but it's awesome and and the you know the moon is out and They've got the concert projected on these massive screens behind you, and you know people are loving it. And I really think that it's going to be, it's going to make for a successful year end for every artist that does it. And can, can I say something that can still be done in the future? I mean, the yeah. the. Uh, situation economically and you know with this virus and everything else have forced certain things to happen but in forcing those things to happen it's brought out new ideas new creativity uh, whether it be you know forcing artists to write new music and you know spend that time because they've got the time right. but then you look at a drive-in you know situation where it's like you know why can't you do that next year why can't yep. you do it the year a year after why can't you do it for the next few years make it part of your your uh, your concert tour you know, you've got these these um, shows that you're doing at music festivals, these shows you're doing at the drive-in, you know, theater, and other shows that you're doing in churches. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, to me, I look at it and say, this is going to be another potential revenue stream for artists. Absolutely. I, I think so. I think 
I think that people will enjoy it so much that, that they'll, they would miss it if we didn't do it a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I think it's gr- yeah. great. I think yeah. it's brilliant. So, so good. And I think there'll be people that are afraid to go to arenas for quite some time. Oh, reason. yeah. And so, you know, they people may be a little weird about it for a while. Yeah. I hope not. I, I hope that, that, that once, you know, officials finally say there's pretty low risk and people come back out. But I mean, the reality of that is that people will be nervous for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I've said this to Drew. I mentioned this a while back to to you, Drew, that, that even the online concerts, I think, are still going to be a way of the future yeah. where people who are afraid to, whether it be an actual stadium or even a drive-in for that, for that right. matter, uh, they're afraid or concerned about something like that, that they can buy their tickets and watch it online. That's right. Why not? That's right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, bad things happen for good things to happen. Absolutely. Come on now. That's a quote. That's a quote from James Curtis. I want to coin that phrase. I don't know if it's that good. (laughs) I don't know if it's that good, bro. You don't think it's that good, Drew? Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks for your encouragement, buddy. Sometimes bad things happen so that good things can happen. That's that's what I said. I know. I'm just saying. And you don't like that? I'm just saying that it's not not as good as you think it is. I, mean, I can already see it on coffee tumblers and and bracelets. I see it. No, th- I don't, don't encourage me, bro. Don't don't don't. Don't do that. I got to put my name beside something, you know, like on my gravestone. If if there could be some, you know, he coined the phrase. <laughs> that's gonna, that's gonna, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's I'm not trying to sound morbid or anything like that, but come on. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes bad things right, happen. It's, it's like good things. Oh, it, it, it kind of implies that you're rest in peace. Bad thing that had to happen. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sometimes peace. bad things have to happen so good things have to happen. That's right. Yeah. And we say goodbye to James. You heard <laughs> you say bye to James. Well, you heard it here, folks. This might be my last episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, think of all the good things that are going to happen. That's right, because James is gone. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how paid up your life insurance is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think from what I understand, my wife will do very well. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that's a good thing for me. But hey, listen, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. What a great conversation. Totally. Yeah. I always say that coming out of... You do every time. Uh, but but it, you never expect... <laughs> what ends up happening right right yeah. and just you know hearing about uh even even his story about how he met toby back and ended yeah. up signing with goatee is like i love it so so cool it, so you know cool. uh that's the way i'd like to meet toby mac totally you know what like i'm really i'm still pretty new to michael's music but it was great to kind of hear his heart and hear where he's come from and and talk about stories about yeah about family and about like life in the industry and about creativity and all these things that we sort of touched on uh it was great to sort of get to know him. And now I'm going to even enjoy now getting into his music. So yeah. like, now that I sort of know the guy, getting into the music is going to be so much more fun. Can I say uh, the fact that, you know, obviously this is his job now. Right. But also recognizing that you have to have a calling for it. Totally. You know, yes. and and recognizing that, you know, like he said, with his musicians, the, the guys in his band, they've got other jobs. They've got other income streams. Because it's not a full-time gig for them as it is for him. And, you know, that's why you see a lot of music pastors or worship pastors uh, in the business because that's their that's their day job. That's right. And they're able to do the music stuff on the side. Mm-hmm. So, And also nice to hear how uh, he and many other musicians have adapted, as you have as well, Drew, adapted during the, the pandemic and doing things different 
doing things new, like the yeah. drive-in theater idea. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, totally awesome. Yeah. Make sure you check out CochraneMusic.com to find links to their music, events, and social media. And now it's time for artist advice. And today we have Mike Grayson. And, man, he dropped a few great and wonderful bombs for you artists. So make sure you check this out. Great, relevant advice for y'all. Regardless of if you're a brand new artist or an established artist, keeping the mindset of an independent artist is really important. Mm. Meaning no one is going to be as passionate about what you do as you. So, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, once I get a record deal, I've made it. It's all going to work out. It's like, man, I found my experience was I got the record deal and I had to fight harder, you know. So um, I think keeping that mindset of, you know, not relying on other people to do things for you, but keep that, keep that, that passion, that hunger as kind of an independent artist is really important. Kind of ties into a little bit about what we were talking in the beginning with uh, Michael Cochran, mm-hmm. uh, because of, obviously they started as an indie band That's right. and and getting signed and everything else, uh, but having that mindset. And I think he's always had that mindset and continues to have that mindset. And yet they're, they're growing now yeah. um, beyond their expectations and beyond what they ever thought was possible as well. Totally. So, uh, yes. To all that, yeah. I really appreciate the idea of just sort of like always maintaining that independent spirit. I think that's so key. Um, and I think a lot of bands, a lot of my favorite bands have done exactly that. I think about Switchfoot. Yeah. Um, you know, signed to a major, but the way they work, the way they do things, the way they even approach their fans, the way it's always with this independent attitude and mindset. I mean, John Foreman will grab his guitar and play parking lot shows after the main show. Mm-hmm. That's an indie band move. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's a beautiful way to kind of not just connect with your fans, but just kind of do life and do business as a musician. I think I think it keeps you humble know. as well. It totally does. Right. It totally does. <laughs> In this business, it's so easy to get this big you know, head on your shoulders and make you, you know, you think you're this big, important person. That's right. But having that mindset definitely keeps you humble and keeps you on the straight and narrow. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you for checking out this week's episode of Between the Grooves. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. That helps us reach more people. And if you tweet and do the Facebook thing, hit us up at Between Grooves. You can tweet us. You can like and comment our posts. We want to connect with you. And these are two great ways that we can do that. So check us out. Like us there. Follow us there. And we hope to see you right here next time on Between the Grooves. Mm-hmm.